Welcome in to a special DNVR Talks. Rudo and AJ here for DNVR Abs, talking with our guest, Colin Wilson. Colin, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Much appreciated. Hope you're doing well. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Uh, I see your, your face cut out behind you there real quick. I, I got to ask, what's what's going on with that? <laughs> I just I just uh, had my girl. Uh, I just had my 31st birthday and my girlfriend. We went to a dinner party and we had to play some type of a game where uh, my face being cut out was part of the game. So that's funny. All right. Well, happy birthday then. Thank you. My girlfriend's about to clean that up. I'm not that uh, narcissistic. <laughs> <laughs> a great addition to the background. Yeah. <laughs> much, much better than a, a bookcase uh, with a picture of where you went to school. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, just the other day, you released your Players Tribune article, obviously talking about uh, some pretty heavy stuff and, and your battle with OCD. And obviously, AJ and I read it and, and thought it was really awesome. So I guess we kind of wanted to start there and, and get into your journey through being a professional hockey player and, and dealing with that. Yeah. Um, no, it was, it's been so well received. It's been great to feel supported and to help other people feel supported so um it's yeah it's been a very interesting 24 hours and something that i had thought about quite a bit for the last three three years of you know publishing and glad glad it finally came out the way it did what was kind of the catalyst behind you deciding to actually seek that out and write it um for one, when you do, I don't know, I mean, I've been doing like a lot of work on myself the last three years since I kind of hit that rock bottom that I mentioned in the article. And I think when you get to a certain point of, be, you know, when you've been helped so much, the next thing you want to do is help other people. And I just felt like this would be a great way to be able to be of service to other people. Um, so that was kind of what I was thinking. And then the, the opportunity just came up and it seemed like the right time finally. So, uh, yeah, went for it. You know, it's uh, it was it was a pretty pretty interesting topic because it's not, you know, we've we've heard a lot of uh, about about hockey players and and you know the some addiction issues that they've had and substances and things like that. OCD is kind of one of those things that people haven't they don't they don't think of in that kind of debilitating or negative light. It gets portrayed as kind of like this like quirky personality thing, you know. For you know, for you. When when did you really start to feel like this is a problem? Um, probably yeah, probably around twenty seven. Um, but even then, honestly, I'd grinded through it since since I since I started noticing it at like sixteen, and it was truly a whole life thing. Um, so yeah, I, I'd noticed it for a long time. Finally, decided it was kind of overtaking my life, especially at twenty seven. But it's it's amazing the amount of you know, I think everybody deals with a lot of pain on a regular basis. And, you know, for professional athletes, you're, you're taught, you know, how to put your head down and kind of get through pain. So I, I still was able to do that for quite a few years. You know, the hockey players, especially you guys are, you guys are infamous for your game day routines. You know, the I can't tell you the number of times that I've shown up at, at Pepsi center and seen Matt Duchesne sitting on the bench before the game, you know, in the darkened arena with the headphones in and, you know, things like that. 
when when did you start to feel like this was something that went beyond game day routine? Yeah, well, it's actually funny because like I don't have much of a game day routine. Um, that wasn't the way it manifested for me um, at all. I mean, I just it, it, so it's actually funny how it works and people's understanding of it as well. But um, for me, it it really was like I mean, kind of what I spoke about in that article was like the days where all of a sudden I'm looking down and I still and I have I'm like oh geez I have blood on my laces right now and it's and I still couldn't stop retying my skates and I you know where all of a sudden I'm going okay this is it's obviously not an issue with my skates it's something that's happening kind of in between my ears um and I, I still can't stop doing it almost like and it's it's very comparable to an addiction in itself so um, it, it kind of taken over my life. I started bringing it home. You know, I started worrying about how my skates were going to feel the next day. Um, yeah, just kind of at, at that point began taking over my life once it started manifesting in the retying of the skates. Was this all manifesting and, and you talked about hitting bottom a little bit in your article. Was that part of the catalyst to wanting to get out of Nashville and, and come to Colorado? Um, I think it's just something that was a part of uh, a part of my journey that I, I didn't necessarily have control over. I think both sides had decided to part way at that point. It wasn't necessarily my decision. Um, so it's something that I look back and it's huge. I think I needed a change of scenery. and um, But it certainly wasn't something conscious that I decided to do. You know, in your piece, you had talked about psychedelics and kind of the the stigma around the word. Um, do you, do you think that ending up in Colorado, cause you said that wasn't part of your, part of your decision in the journey, you ended up here in Colorado. Do you think that that ended up being a pretty big blessing because Colorado is where it is in certain areas of the world when it comes to, to substances and things? Um, I think so to, to an extent. I mean, I think that that's. I think Colorado is doing a good job of kind of bringing that underground practice um, out so it can become regulated. And I think people will get it, building up the data to show the benefits of it, which I think is huge. I think it's very cool to be in Colorado for that reason. But um, it seems to be something that's popping up everywhere. Um, that's getting more popular. People are realizing the benefits of it. Um, so no matter where I was, I mean, I, I, you can truly find it and find a facilitator. But I, I also agree with um, the way Colorado is going about it, you know, with the decriminalization of psilocybin um, and allowing for more research on topics or um, on the psychedelic medicine like that. It's 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 a fascinating topic because, you know, there it's it's still so taboo in the minds of so many. But, you know, you're you're finding it to be very helpful in your journey now that you're on. You know, what, what kind of message would you have to people that are maybe a little bit on the fence about it? Sorry, in, in regards to the plant medicine type stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very eye-opening. It's, it's, it's as if you can, for a moment, you get to go to another place where you're not as connected. You get to look at all of your stuff and kind of see it from a different perspective. And it gives you it gives you that room uh, to be able to give you the space to grow that other uh, methods don't quite have. Um, and at the same time, like, I mean, it gives you, it gives you a connection to a more spiritual take on life and kind of, a, kind of awakens you to like 
the mystery of it and um, the connection that's missing. And so I think it just has the ability to awaken your mind to areas in a very deep and profound way. You stated you were going back to school for psychology. I suspect that's not a coincidence that you picked that major. Is there any plans you have to, to do something with that once you get that degree? Yeah. Um, we're going to see where it all takes me. Uh, it's, it's another area where I want to be of service, but I certainly want to do the work on myself enough and get the you know, requirements I need to be able to help people properly. So um, we'll see what capacity that that'll bring if I go to grad school or what happens with that. But it's something I'm very much interested in. I want to help myself, want to help others. Um, so we'll see where it takes me. You know, the, the, the path towards wanting to help people at this stage in your life, you just turned 31. You still have an entire life in front of you. You know, you've, you've already had a successful NHL career, You've done so much already, you know, do you, do you view this as kind of like a, okay, well now what's the, the, the next like stage of your life? Yeah, I think so. For I think so. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a scary time and an exciting time. Um, kind of going towards the next stage of your life. But I think having, you know, having this is something that I want to do and something that I'm very passionate about, um, I'm very, I'm very excited about, I, I truly, you know, the conversations that I had and the, and the, the messages that I've gotten from this, um, truly it was hard to compare scoring a goal in front of 18,000 people to anything. Um, but some of the messages that I've gotten, that feeling that you get is like very comparable and actually kind of surpasses it. So as somebody leaving the game and wanting to, you know, get those strong feelings, it's just such a, a perfect path. But again, we'll see to what capacity, to what capacity I get involved. But it's, I mean, I'm very grateful to be moving in that direction, even if it's just with the article. You know, the, obviously this is the very beginning for you. Um, and, and the article was step one of who knows how many towards, you know, and, and you've, you've already kind of made it clear here that you're very open-ended on how this plays out and, you know, where you head with this, but I am I am curious, you know, there's there's no doubt other players in the league that are still in the league that are going to they're going to have struggles with something like this. Do you think that, you know, where you're headed next, you could circle back around and kind of tie your to these two worlds together? Yeah, I think it's I think there's quite a few worlds that need to be tied together and I think one of them is is the mentality around uh, sports. And, you know, I think a lot of people have come out and said that they've had struggles with it. And it's something that I would, you know, I'd love to be involved with. Um, but truly for right now, <laughs> truly for right now, I think writing that article was great. And I will, I may go back into kind of uh, out of the public eye for a bit to do more work before I circle back around. But um, it's something I would definitely, you know, love to be involved in. Uh, kind of off topic a little bit, but we are a, an avalanche podcast. So I do have to ask if you have any, any memories or cool stories from, from your time with the Avs. Um, you know, that, that game that we, the fact that it got down to game 82 to make it to the playoffs, you know, it was pretty exciting to be able to play a game seven, um, at home 
on game 82 was just one of the cool coolest things I've been a part of. And I think between that, I mean, that, that dressing room was amazing to play, to be a part of. I mean, the guys in it, it's pretty amazing. The culture of that dressing room is pretty amazing. So, um, so it's all been, it was all pretty incredible, uh, being with the abs. You know, we're, uh, we're talking to Mark Barbario next week. Um, and, he, uh, I remember I talked to him after game 82 and he was really, really emotional. And that was one thing he talked about was that, that team specifically the locker room and that group of guys, uh, you know, obviously the last couple of years of teams have been pretty good and have been pretty tight knit, but was that they're just, they're just felt like there was something different about that group that you guys, you guys played for each other on a different level. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's amazing how much that has to do with success and guys feeling comfortable. And um, yeah, it, it was it became a locker room where guys truly cared about each other. I mean, I had never not to take away from Nashville's locker room. There's some amazing people in it, but it's it's a very touchy feely, emotional group with each other. It was a very uh, eye opening almost for me to see. So I think that definitely played a huge role in um, yeah our team doing so well. You know, in, in tying the two together, um, you know, you received a ton of support yesterday, um, and from former ABS teammates. I, you know, I've there. I people sent me pictures and screenshots of lots of guys reaching out to you yesterday on various social media platforms to to show their support for you in the article. Did that did, did it just sort of tie in together? That was a touchy feely group, and then you write that article, and those guys all all come out of the woodwork and, and shower you with, uh, with, with affection really. No. Yeah. I mean, it meant, it meant a lot. Yeah. It meant a lot to me for the guys. I mean, I've got gotten a lot of messages, uh, from them as well. It definitely speaks to a lot of their characters and how comfortable they made me feel. But I think at the same time, comparatively to where I used to be around my connection with teammates to now, it just kind of, it more illustrated the work that I had also done on myself uh, to have those uh, close, close connections with those guys. So a little bit of give and take in those relationships. Well, I'm, I could speak personally, you know, it was always a, it was always a joy to have you in the avalanche locker room, the conversations that we had over the last couple of years, uh, I always appreciated the time that you took, and so I just wanted to say thank you. Um, I'll, you were always a good dude to me, and I always appreciated that. No, thank you. No, it was uh, good having me in the locker room. I think we're set. All right. Mm-hmm. Anything else you want to shout out, Colin? Uh, no, I think uh, I'm definitely good. Thank you very much. All right. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on. If anyone watching this hasn't read his Players Tribune article, please go do so. It's an excellent article. Highly recommend it. But, yep, thank you, Colin, again for for coming on the show and talking to us. We appreciate it a bunch. But we're going to get out of here for this one. We'll talk to everybody.